Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right! It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. With the whole gang, and it's spring football madness. Is uh, boy, basketball took a nosedive off of a cliff as uh, the men and the women both exited within a day of each other. Uh, basketball season over. Uh, I don't know portal if Jenny season here. Uh, portal season, did you say? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know if Jenny Brancic has to give back that big check that she got. Uh, because Notre Dame came in and just mud stomped the Sooners uh, on their own court. I know we don't usually talk women's basketball, but uh, it's all football now. Like, it's all over. Well, there's softball, and, you know, I read a thread right before we started the show, people mad because we don't cover softball. Uh, so, um, anyway, it's it's we had uh, spring practice we got to go out and watch yesterday. We got to see Dylan Gabriel and his controversial uh, Riddell Axiom Helmet, uh, which, uh, you know what? I don't know. I feel like this is like an Eddie thing. Like, Eddie should have the opportunity to tell people that if they're obsessed with his helmet and, and bitching about it online, that they need to find something to do with themselves. Because that's not very nice. You read my... It's like we've worked together for a while. <laughs> I didn't even know that... I didn't even know that, like, Facebook... I mean, not Facebook. They're about one and the same. I didn't even realize that face mask uh the the face mask community was even <laughs> out there. it's a real thing like i didn't even recognize it i didn't even notice it i that's something that doesn't even register on my radar to be completely honest i thought that his helmet looked strange and i just couldn't figure out exactly what it was and then and i guess cj stroud at ohio state is testing out this helmet too uh, and I, you know, I did not know that there was like a testing program, but like this thing has like, here's my question. So the special thing about the helmet is that it has sensors and stuff in it and it has all these readings that transfers back to people. So why are you giving that to the guy that is wearing a Jersey that says he can never be hit? <laughs> like that just doesn't make any sense. I guess because of visibility and all that. How did they, like, pick, I guess, like, just, like, how did they arrive on Dylan uh, as the guy that was going to do it? I'm sure it's because OU has been, you know, leaders in the whole uh, sensory helmet thing forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been doing that all the way back to Stoops. And Scott Anderson and all those guys, have, have they've kind of been trailblazers with that. So I'm sure when they have something like that come up, they're like, well, we got to talk to Oklahoma first. 
So that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, uh, Josh, welcome to the program. Uh, no more hoops talk. I know you're very happy today. This has got to be like, this has got to be like a whole new world for you. It's like the 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 windows are open, the birds are chirping, the sun is shining. This is like this is Groundhog Day. Like the spring has finally sprung. It's here now. Basketball is over. We don't have, we don't even have to talk about it ever again. That's exciting for you know six months. How is it like Groundhog Day though? That's a bad <laughs> metaphor to me. No, this it, it's the marks the beginning six of spring. Of, yeah, right. He did not see mm-hmm. his shadow. But that's not, what happens after movie. Groundhog Day. Like, see, you're the you're thinking of the movie. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're thinking I'm making a Bill Murray reference. Yes, you are the timeless loop of basketball always continues. <laughs> you wake up. Yeah. That's so are we living not. in a timeless loop where basketball just ended? And that's, that's your what I've that's been the day that the, the day of hell for you. I did not wake up to Sonny and Cher this morning, so it is it's a beautiful day. Well, uh, who would want to wake up to Sonny and Cher? Oh, well, I mean, that's like, what's Sonny, on the that's what's on the, the alarm movie. clock. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Sonny has see, I, I'm I'm lately. moving references. <laughs> I didn't even hear what Eddie said, but it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Sonny, Sonny, a lot of our politicians should they're. Their life should go on the same track as Sonny's, don't you think? Oh my God! Wow. I, I'm not saying your thread wrong, has been deleted. All right, your thread just now that you put out there—it's been deleted. Politics. That's fire. And it goes right there with Colin Coward uh, posts or posting Colin Coward tweets, which I agree with that. I don't think that you should be able to come on the board and. Basically, spam it with Colin Coward's thoughts. I I think that that's a new rule we have to implement. If you want Colin Coward, you go find Colin Coward. Don't bring Colin Coward to us, especially when he's so clearly trolling you. Over twenty four hours old, I think we got to move on. Like it was, it was there in the cycle yesterday. It was kind of funny. I think the way that he he's playing some Oklahoma fans like a fiddle. Like I I wrote that on the board. I fully believe that. There's some people that just don't get it. I, I think there's some people that don't get the troll. And as some will, somewhat of an amateur troll, I sort of respect <laughs> it. Like, he's he's playing a lot of people kind of like a fiddle. But at the same time, it's just like it's nauseating is what it is. Do you think that that's the, the, the beginning of all the media distrust is like people actually think that he is supposed to be telling them the truth and giving them the facts and... Uh, reporting, 100%. reporting what needs to be reported, and, and they buy into that, and it's just like eventually they realize this guy is just screwing with me, like one hundred percent. And I don't trust any media anymore, and I'm hurt, and I'm jaded, and I can't ever trust again. I talk about this 1, with buddies 000. all the time. There's a massive difference between entertainment journalism or entertainment sports, whatever you want to call it, and actual like investigative journalism they are two very different things and they have very different purposes one is just trying to get as many eyeballs as possible and one like they actually care about reporting facts and information and kind of let the story go wherever it's going to go but like eddie said something about being an amateur troll eddie like i i am staggered that people read that colin cowherd tweet and are like what an idiot. The greatest practice ever. Oh, here's the hype machine. That's not real. Like, it's not real. Like, I don't know how you can't see that. And I'm, I, I hate to be in the position of, you know, Colin Cowherd is smarter than you, but you're putting yourself in that situation by falling uh, for almost, such an obvious. 
it, it, I, I guess it is sort of shocking to even think that somebody would put something like that out there with any validity. You know what I mean? Like anybody yes. that the fact that there are people out there that would say something like that and be dead serious, that's a bigger problem than somebody on the opposite side of that that puts it out there in jest or satire. Yeah. And, and I, I worry that there are people that react this way because they're honestly a little bit worried about that. Like, USC is going to be great this year. Let me clarify that for you. They will not be great this year. It's not going to happen. They, they have got holes on that defense that are enormous. They have got a lot of problems to solve. But, I mean, are there going to be good portions? Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not that. But I, I think it's like this paranoia that, like, oh, God, like he's going to go out there and be successful and we're going to look bad about it and that whole thing. Like, just just calm down. Like, it, uh, th- he's not going to win a national title in year one. He's not going to be anywhere near it. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of that thing. Like, I'm sure when Brent Venables and his staff came in here, they are like, okay, we don't have the talent that we had at Clemson. It's pretty obvious. But uh, the gap between Clemson and Oklahoma – Versus USC in Oklahoma, I I bet that gap is a lot wider at USC right now. Like uh, at least at least Brent Venables and his company came in here and they saw Jalen Redmond or they saw Key Lawrence or they saw uh, uh, DJ Graham. Like they saw some talent, even though it wasn't you know just across the board and too deep at each position. Alex Grinch would find a way to get Key Lawrence in at safety at USC. That's all. That's all I can say. I think they I mean I think the Key Lawrence thing uh Josh uh I think we're going to get a safety in Key Lawrence sounds like I mean I the the vindication I'm going to feel on this is 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 large. I may gloat for quite some time. What uh real quick um Eddie what kind of where you're in we're we've lost Bob. Bob's having all kinds of technical problems today. It's I it it, it you know how you know how I handle this. I don't handle when people have technology problems. It's their fault. Just get better technology. And Bob refuses to get better technology. He's the only person I know that refuses when someone wants to give him something new and better. He's I'll I'll just keep my broken stuff. Bob has a computer waiting for him. <laughs> and he said, and before the show, I'm like. Oh, you know this drives me. He said, "I said, Bob, just reboot your computer, and you know, unplug your microphone, plug it back in, and and I, I bet it'll work." And he's like, "Oh no, that'll take thirty minutes." What human being has a laptop that takes thirty minutes to boot up in this day and age? And I want to clarify a little subtext for the people. He also said this was not his shitty computer. No, this is his good computer. This is, this is his ace. He said his shitty computer would take 45 minutes. Oh, God. I'm getting so mad. See, I, I, I find it funny, but I know this, this is exactly the kind of shit that winds you up. All right, moving on. We don't know if Bob will join us or not. Uh, he's trying. Yeah, let, let, he's let's trying. hear some practice stuff. You guys got to see some things. Yeah, uh, Eddie, I'll let you start. Um, I, I kind of focused more on the quarterbacks. I, you know, uh, Javante Barnes was really an interesting guy to watch for me because just big, physical, looked good. Uh, and then I watched the linebackers for a little bit. Didn't see a ton. Uh, you know, like Jeffrey Johnson, the transfer from Tulane, 
I you probably focused on him more than I did yesterday, Eddie. But um, I don't know your thoughts on kind of what stood out to you. Well, I mean, I think that we got to start with the uh, 40 minutes of practice that we were able to actually see. Just the the flat out being able to be allowed in for 40 minutes and be around the team. I mean, that was something new. Just being feeling the feeling of being welcomed in the indoor facility was a little bit of a, a new feeling. But, you know, I obviously there's not a whole lot of just glaring differences that I noticed from, and I don't know, maybe people don't want to hear this, but like, I didn't see a lot of just major differences from what we had seen previously, maybe a little bit more, uh, chatter just among the players and coaches. I don't know. Uh, but it was just seeing Dylan Gabriel out there for the first time was kind of interesting. Seeing a quarterback throwing from the left side, uh, was a little bit different. I thought that, yeah. you know, obviously Jaden Gibson is somebody that sticks out in that wide receiver group just because he's so much taller than everybody else. I thought the tight end group that we spent quite a few, quite a bit of time with down at the end of the field, Jace Llewellyn looks great physically uh, for a freshman. Uh, you know, I thought the Karsten Gross kid looked pretty good just kind of as he stacked up physically amongst everybody else. Uh I thought Jeffrey Johnson, though, in like the post-practice interview session was extreme impressive just as far as somebody that when they got him, I knew it was a big deal. But I think without a doubt, like moving forward, he's probably the second biggest transfer portal addition that they've made. Yeah, and somebody uh, that we really haven't talked year. a whole lot about. I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, sure. we probably should have talked more about. it's not sexy enough. Like, yeah. Adding a defensive tackle, but adding a guy that's six three over three hundred or six two over three hundred, and as Ted I mean, Roof pulled, got to play pulled, a ton. As Ted Roof pointed out yesterday, he was a team captain at Tulane. Yeah, I I think that wasn't the number out there. Didn't we decide that six of the transfers or five of the oh transfers yeah were, were had been captains? captains where they formerly were. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't like. I don't think that like TD Roof's going to be the next big-time OU linebacker, but he's played enough football that he at least knows how to tackle somebody, right? Like, yeah. Which has been a problem at linebacker in previous years. I'm so fascinated it, by the linebacker position because, I mean, look, Kanak, or Kanak, I'm sorry, whoever whoever's family member always gets mad at me. I know it's Kanak. Uh, uh, Kanak and uh, McKenzie, it's like, okay, they're freshmen. They look outstanding, but... You know, can they get it all? No one, you know, what Brent Venables expects out of his linebackers. Like, Deshaun White's already there. He's played a lot of football. Uh, You know, uh, it's just, to me, like, what's going to happen with David Aguebu? You know, where's he going to fit in? Uh, Where does um, Danny Stutzman fit in? Like, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out at that position. Knowing that that's That's Brent's position. And the other thing, Eddie... This stood out to me yesterday is just watching Brent. Like, what was he going to do? Was he going to get, like, stuck with the linebackers because he's a linebackers coach and just doesn't know any better? But, no, he was moving all over the field. Uh, there were some recruits there, and he was over on the sidelines spending time with them. He was with the quarterbacks. He was just checking in on positions. Uh, he did stre- He did stretching with the team like he was a player. Uh, down on the ground, uh, Schmitty coming over, uh, all that stuff. 
and I, I mean, yeah, he's a head coach, and he acted like a head coach yesterday. I thought that was pretty interesting. It's kind of obvious, I think, Kerry, but even being at the press conference on Monday, it's still a little weird looking up there and seeing Brent Venables as the head coach at Oklahoma. I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's still going to get some getting used to just him holding court, I guess. Because, like, I, I guess kind of covered him towards the end of everything, but I was still in school at the time. Uh, and, you know, that, I just didn't really know Brent that well. So it's still kind of weird seeing Brent Venables uh, as the head coach at Oklahoma. And, I mean, it's really cool. Like, the Monday press conference with the 20-minute monologue to begin was just – I can see why people want to run through a wall for the guy. I can see why people buy in. And if nothing else, like that was kind of the one thing that I took out of post-practice yesterday was just the buy-in level from a lot of those guys. And sure, they're still on the honeymoon period. There's not a lot of adversity that they've seen, but like just hearing Deshaun White talk about guys wanting to basically have better work ethic around the program. You see videos that, you know, Michael Turk put out saying uh, that, the coaches basically trust them to keep the locker room clean. I don't know. It's it's small things. It was the and, uh, it was what it was. It, it was the uh, the lounge area. Like apparently yeah. they wouldn't let them have drinks in the lounge area last year uh, like, because they didn't trust them that, to keep it clean. I don't like. I, I think both statements can be true. I don't think that that necessarily wins you a game on Saturday or wins you a national championship. But I also don't think that it's a bad thing either like when you're talking about changing of a culture and trying to uh you know basically instill the standard that they continue to say down there in norman that is something that's a little bit new for a lot of those guys and it's almost it feels like i don't know and i like don't you feel like it's kind of boarding on this line like i don't want to ask players to talk shit on the former staff but that's okay everybody tried to do that that yesterday anyway so (laughs) I mean, like, that was every other question that without saying like without dumping on everybody that was here. Yeah. Like how much different, how much better is this thing? Josh, I'm sorry. Were you chiming in there? No, no. I mean, to me, the just learning about that, I'm like, that reeks of a discipline thing. Um, yes. You know, like, yes. we, well, we, I mean, that we, team wasn't disciplined. I mean, it, we, it was we can't horribly we can't get our guys to clean up after themselves. Like the, the guys, I've got a four-year-old that knows to throw her applesauce away. Like, what, what are we talking about here? It's not that complicated to set a level of expectation for something that simple. Um, and, you know, like, are you talking to your kids about it? Like, do you just set that rule and, like, there's no rhyme or reason? or Because like, clearly the players are like, what, why does it have to be this way? I Perfect analogy. Last night, uh, dad talk here for just a second, we go to gymnastics. Our Laney is in a class with a couple of her friends. They all get in trouble. Teacher walks over to us afterward, kind of tells us, hey, they were talking, they were doing some other stuff. It was another teacher that came to talk to us. So we sent Laney to apologize to her little gymnastics coach, like, hey, you know, apologize for not paying attention, talking, doing some things you weren't supposed to do. And you could tell the girl was about to crawl out of her skin having to have this conversation with a seven-year-old. I'm like, you're a coach. You're here. That's what you're supposed to do is address something that's not the way it's supposed to be, whatever it may be. And she didn't want to have anything to do with it. She just kind of wanted to be like, yeah, they didn't do right. I'm going to walk the other way. Like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you, this is your job. This is what you do. 
and you have to set what the expectation is. It's almost like, are the coaches like us at rivals camps? Is that the level of discipline that's going on? Like, uh, you remember Josh, I think it was maybe the first five star or something. And, uh, our guy Peroni was like telling players like they were John back and forth or something. And he was like, Hey, you need to cut that out. Like, let's just play football. And someone had to come up to him and tell him like, that's not your job. Just don't talk to the players. Like, don't yeah. tell them what to do. Like, is uh, that, did they look at like, is that how it was? It's like Lincoln and his staff is like, Hey, we can't tell these guys what to do. You know, they might get mad at us on social media and say things that'll hurt our recruiting. The, I think there's uh, a little like just from mm-hmm. the outside looking in purely carry it feels like there is a little bit of that and with the new staff it's more of a if you don't like it you can fucking leave you don't have to be here yep well it is I mean it's it's the standard as you said it's it it is so all encompassing and in, 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 to me and that's what I was talking to the players about yesterday is like. Just the we've talked about the support that the the players are given, but they they set down ground rules. They set down, uh, you know, um, uh, not barriers, but uh, they set down. What's the word I'm looking for, Josh? You're a parent. Uh, Not boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah, boundaries. Uh, Like this is what's expected of you. And this is over the line. Like they're almost like being parents to them like in a way that it seems like i don't know that the we weren't around that much there were zoom stuff all the time but the way players talked it was almost like you got the feeling like they're just kind of there to babysit they're not really there to yell at anyone or to tell them how to and it showed on the field i mean how undisciplined was that team on the field it was Very. as bad as we've ever seen I mean, and, I, I talked about this this morning. Can you imagine what this staff or how they would have reacted with some of the penalties this team got over the last two, three years? Just penalties like, like. Think of like, what well, think of the, done with Buki? Yeah, that's a, exactly the first thing I was thought, <laughs> thinking of is Buki. Like, what do you think Brent Venables would have done with a Buki? I mean, Even I if, know the answer is not recruit him, but. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and I, I don't mean that as a shot. I just mean that as, like, it doesn't seem like there is a bunch of glitz and glamour that they are interested in, even though they're going to be recruiting the same guys, if that makes sense. The, the I, I wonder if, you know, you go back to that LSU game when the, and the Buki penalty. If he doesn't get ejected, does Brent just eject him himself? Yeah, like, like he's you're like done no no for the day. J- just just go 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 on to the locker room. We'll see you at halftime. Like I, I just I don't. It's stuff, and I I agree. It's stuff like it's little details that you felt like, you know, in seventeen they were still fine, eighteen okay, and then it just seemed like the margin for error got smaller and smaller and smaller, and the discipline got worse and worse and worse, and those two things just kind of met in the middle i guess you'd say you know uh in november in waco and uh stillwater but i mean do you well, those, do we really air closed because they didn't have a historic offense to cover their ass yeah do exactly. we really that's, need that's, that's to I mean. go any further than the suspensions and i'm air quoting the word suspensions right now i mean the one series uh 
suspension for Baker, the multiple first quarter secret suspensions for Perry on Winfrey. Like it, it, it and what was it? Kyler Murray missed the series because he was late to a meeting once. Like mm-hmm. it's not like that was hardcore discipline going on in the program. And it was there no. for everyone to see. Like we should have, we should have seen it. Like we should have known, like they're not doing it the right way. Like there's something amiss here. No, yeah. I'm not no, going to rewrite a lot of history. People did, and we just, you kind of overlooked it, didn't you? And I don't know. Does it feel like because Schmitty is back in a way that you're just like, oh yeah, that's going to get taken care of. They'll take care I, of it. I, I get like, I don't want to act. Like, I mean, guys, do we really feel like Baker deserved a huge punishment for what he got? Like for what he did? I don't. No, I never did. No, I'm not going to act now. Like after the fact, like, oh, that should have been like, Guys, but, uh, Kerry, I know you remember it well. Like, remember Trent Smith, all the trash he was talking back when you know when Bob was there early, like two thousand one, going to the Texas game after the Texas game. Nobody suspended him for that stuff. Like, th- there's a point where like, man, that's just that's that's football dudes being football dudes. Like, I, I don't mind that. The Kyler thing, okay. Like, yeah, I, I I get that. Like, he missed part of the meeting or whatever. Like, that's fine. But like, I, I think one of the perfect examples is looking last year at Rattler. Like, the way that they just chose to not, like, clearly address any of the stuff that we were hearing, both off the field, in the classroom, with his, you know, with uh, student, like... Classmates. You just, yeah, you, you weren't hearing, like, this guy is operating in the way that you want the, the clearly the face of your football team to operate. Like, it, it just wasn't the case. It really is like daycare. It was treated like daycare. It's like... Don't upset the five stars because they'll tell other five stars that we're uh, yeah. we're mean. Yep. Huh. I mean, I, I guess in a way that. too. It was just there was a a tremendous amount of uh, window dressing. I don't know. Like there was a ton of stuff that there was put out in front to make you think everything was okay in the program. When in reality, and now that everything you know the the dust has kind of settled it. Was anything but, right? I mean, there, there's a little bit of that out there. And one. Uh, Bob uh, rejoins us now. His laptop troubles are over. Hello, hello. He says that he put it in the microwave for uh, five minutes, and now it's working. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, sort of. Yes. So, Bob, we've been talking about, you know, and I think you've, you've heard a little bit of it. Uh, we've been talking about just kind of the discipline with the former staff and now that we look back on it after talking to the players yesterday, it almost seems like Lincoln Riley was almost... I mean, look, I, I don't want to shit on Lincoln Riley. He did a lot of good things at Oklahoma. Uh, in red zone, we are not buddies. To stop that slander, that smear campaign against me. Um, but, I mean, he did some good things. But looking back on it now and seeing Brent and the way that he handles things, I almost want to say, like, Lincoln was kind of running a daycare a little bit. A, a little bit, probably. I mean, it's his first time running the show, and I'm sure it was difficult for him to strike that balance between being a player's coach and laying down the law. And I don't think that's going to be a problem with Brent Venables. I very clearly, and you hear it in his answers, he's not worried about having to make any tough choices. He's not going to recruit his own problems. And then when you uh, listen to guys like DJ Graham and Key Lawrence, and when 
you notice how their voice inflection changes, how their eye contact changes when they talk about Venables. It just it feels different. It should feel different, but it does legitimately feel like it's a very different mood in Norman right now with the accountability and that a lot of those guys, and maybe that's why the buy-in hasn't been that tough. A lot of those guys seem like they've been waiting to kind of have this hard coaching again to sort of bring out the best in them and that they can all be accountable to each other. And, you know, something we talked about a lot last year was leadership and kind of how they were lacking in leadership. And I think that was one of the common things that we heard from people talking to them yesterday is how that's become a priority with this team is to build leadership, to build voices, to have guys that stand up and say, uh, this is how we're supposed to do things at Oklahoma. It's not a knock on like Jeremiah Hall, Isaiah Thomas, but you almost wonder how those guys would fare in this type of environment. Like how much leadership would shine through with those type of guys. Cause you know, they could have been those guys, but it's hard when you're not getting the direction from people above you. Like they've got to set the tone and then you set the tone for the rest of the locker room. And that's why I did ask Ted Roof about, you know, leadership. I knew I didn't know if he was going to mention any names. And then when he flat out just said, I'm not going to. It's like, all right, it's going to be a process. But it is you know, sort of intriguing to see who's going to step up and become that guy. You know Deshaun White's going to be that guy that can lead the locker room. But will he be one of the best players so that he ends up, you know, that voice resonating as much? And that's what I'm kind of curious to see is who's going to have that balance, right? If you're one of the best leaders, you've got to be one of the best players. It doesn't work without, you know, one or the other. And when you look at that defense, outside of, you know, maybe Woody Washington or DJ Graham, you start to wonder who's going to be the guy that carries the load, that carries the weight and has respect of the locker room so that when they say something, it really means something. Well, and the other thing that's interesting and just the vibe at practice and talking to the players is that this is now a defensive program. And, and Josh, it's, if, it's even with recruiting. Like, you see all these guys now. No longer do you have Alex Grinch fighting to just get a foothold with defensive players. Now uh, recruits look at Oklahoma and say, Brent Venables is there, the best defensive coordinator in the country. Like, I want to go see what they're all about. It's it's just the whole thing from recruiting to practice to players uh, to the attitude. Like, this is a much more defensive-focused program all of a sudden, and it's just strange. Oh, there's no question. Overnight. You, as I, you know, we I obviously, you know, Wednesday put up woke this afternoon. It, it's heavy defense. I mean, we're we're talking – you know, guys like Anthony Hill, we're talking about David Stone, we're talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, David Hicks. Like, I mean, th- there is so much conversation right now about elite defensive guys. And, you know, you look at it and you're like, there's nothing that's happened yet. Like, no, there's yeah, no they reason. They haven't been yeah. on the field yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, that, but they just know, like, um, I'm trying to remember who I was talking to. Um, I think it was Samaje Burrell at, at Under Armour. And he was talking about just, you know, Brent Venables' track record at, you know, as a defensive coordinator, his defensive mind is just different. And you're like, man, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, like, you'd understand it if he had been at like A&M or UT, but like, he was out at Clemson. 
Like, you'd understand it if a lot of the Texas kids weren't that familiar with him, but they know him well. I mean, like, just there's no there's no doubt that they have a lot of respect for him. And then you throw in Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis and how we've seen those guys develop relationships. And, I mean, I guys, I feel more and more confident that Oklahoma's going to land at least one five-star defender in this 20, uh, 2023 class. Like, it's that's starting to look probable rather than, like, maybe that could come together. And, Bob, we didn't really get your thoughts because uh, you're wrestling with your computer, but uh, just y- your impressions, what kind of stood out to you from watching the first day of practice yesterday for about 40 minutes? Yeah, you know, it's good to get that extra 10 to 15 minutes to kind of soak it in more instead of just running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to get, you know, as much, you know, photos and videos and trying to... So, actually, being able to take to, to take it in, watch the assistant coaches start going through their their work and how they're coaching the players, seeing things like Marvin Mims coach up Jaden Gibson on on how to do a rep, seeing Jeff Levy make uh, Nick Evers do an, a rep once again, do it the correct way, didn't like the way they did it the uh, first time. And, and really, defensive line is what I spent a, a lot of time watching, just Bates and, and Chavis and how they're getting through to their guys and sort of getting a feel of what, you know, it, of course, it's going to change with the pecking order of how it looked. Like Jalen Redmond was first, then it was Isaiah Coe and Josh Ellison, Jeffrey Johnson, and looking at all those guys that that they have and you know, who's going to emerge. Is Redmond going to be someone who can be vocal that that can carry the weight? But there, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that you, you're sort of wondering who's going to be able to take that man. You saw just you saw Justin Broyles do it. He said, finish the rep, finish the rep. Like he's vocal enough to be that type of guy. Who are some of those other guys on, on defense who can be the same the the same way? You know, one of my strangest takeaways from yesterday was why is Jeff Levy wearing a headset all the time? Who else is it plugged in? Does it go anywhere? They all every offensive coach is. Were they all wearing headsets or I thought it was just yeah. Jeff Levy? No, go back and look every every one of them. Joe John Tanner had one. Oh, so I'm the asshole. DeMarco had one. Yeah, every one of them had one. <laughs> like that Eddie said, yeah. Yeah, you are the asshole. <laughs> For the first time, I'm not. It No, but I think that like with an offense that is going to try to move as fast as they want to, I think they're basically trying to hit the ground running on this thing. And, you know, communication is probably the most important part of that aspect of being able to move that quickly, is it not? No, and I, and I think there's probably a lot of, I don't know, this will be great to ask Jeff Levy about, like, is it because you're you're all still learning the system and you have to be able to talk it over, like, uh, when you make calls and, and, and explaining it, like, uh, you know, whatever your nomenclature is, I don't even know what nomenclature means, I just seem smart to throw that word out there. Uh, I like that, that's a good word. Uh, is it is it like, is that what it's about? Like that'll be interesting to kind of get his take on on how that all works and the communication and learning the new system. Because I think that probably well, has something and, to do with it. And we can't forget too that oh, you might have a security issue with Eric Gray, an imposter, being at practice yesterday because <laughs> he's really at Tennessee. I guess I, I didn't uh, even know that that was out there. To be honest with you. I, I had heard a rumor from one of our guys, not like our Tennessee site, but a, a guy we all know well uh, that, that is in the southeast and said, hey, man, you guys hearing anything? I said, no. And I hit up a few sources, and they kind of laughed. 
about the, you know, for those that don't know, the rumor that Eric Gray was going to go back to Tennessee. And then yesterday, was it, was it Bill King that tweeted something yes. about yeah, it? Uh-huh. That got, yep. uh, yeah. And everybody's like, what, what's going on? And then you literally see the picture from his high school. <laughs> like the coaches out there visiting him, saying hello, like, you're like I. I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to happen, guys. Yeah, they would just have met him in Tennessee if they knew he was coming back. Mm-hmm. Probably could have saved themselves a whole trip. I mean, Tennessee's got to feel pretty good about themselves. Like they can get anybody on the planet now that they got their five-star quarterback that they're paying eight million dollars to. I'd say say for eight million dollars, who could you not get? Can Caleb I make Williams a is probably statement? pissed. You better. Is that quarterback any good? <laughs> He's supposed to be. Yeah, but is he eight million dollars good? No, God no. Like I, mean, I don't even know if Arch Manning or or Malachi Nelson are eight million dollars good. Malachi Nelson is not eight million dollars good. I'm I'm just just gonna say that for the record. Mm. Shouldn't be a five I, star. I won't go that far. Like I I liked Ma- when I saw him as a sophomore. I thought, holy shit, this guy might be the best player in the country. When I saw him as a junior. And I was there with a couple other national guys, and we were having that conversation. Like, this isn't quite what I thought I was going to see. And I'm, I'm not saying he's bad. But I don't want it to become sour grapes. That's not what I'm saying. He's a good, <laughs> good player. But it was, it was underwhelming. It just was. I mean, I think I had that conversation with Eddie that it wasn't quite what I thought I was going to see. Now, there, there's a whole bunch of reasons that could have been. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll see. I mean, he may have a great senior year but i mean the guy was state gatorade player of the year as a sophomore and then as a junior it it wasn't quite the same like i don't know hmm. why that is but you know and he still well, had the same well, weapons i mean he's yeah he better he had deandre more he as added, well. right yeah. he added more yeah so and they have i mean they've got a sophomore receiver that's got offers from everywhere probably you know as a corner receiver he's got dudes all around him and i was watching him play a team that wouldn't i mean there are four like heritage hall would have beaten the team he was playing let me put it that way so um you know like i said that doesn't mean it's one night you don't want to get crazy about it and i tried to avoid that but it just it wasn't as as good as i came away from that night thinking makai lemon was the best player on that team and i you know to avoid any talk of sour graves makai lemon was is a monster i i think he he could be the best player out of that that group that ou lost that punt return was one of the better <sighs> plays he's, that you sent back all summer. Or, I mean, uh, yeah. all fall. I guess he's insanely good. Okay, uh, I want to take a little time out real quick. Uh, tell you guys about uh, Dead Soxy, our great sponsor. DeadSoxy.com. Use that promo code BOOMER, and you'll get 25% off of uh, your, your total order. Uh, and they've also got great sales right now going on. Uh, with their uh, college packages, for instance, you can get the Crimson Dress Sock four-pack uh, with the Maker Bay Fields in them. Uh, you can get the other four-pack that's got the wagons. And I, I wore the Oklahoma socks the other day. Love those things. Uh, we've all we've all got them. We've all worn them, guys. I mean, uh, especially like the boardroom stuff. Just It's really weird to say this, but a very secure sock when you put it on. 100%. That's why I like the... Uh, no slip socks so much. Yeah, they got the uh, the silicone beads that keep them from slipping down. So you put those babies on, uh, and they don't like cut off your circulation because the fabric's so soft. 
but they've also got the Norman Retro Casual socks that they've just released. Uh, just eighteen dollars, uh, and they uh, if you want to go, you know, maybe get the Switzer shirt and put that on on game day. Uh, wear those retro socks with it, and then the uh, no shows. Uh, great now that it's getting warmer. Although it's, we are freezing our asses off yesterday, uh, but I know you want to get out there on the golf course. Some of you guys are starting to do it. The no shows, uh, just a great you know quality, luxurious feel to their socks. Dead Soxy, D E A D S O X Y dot com. Go check them out. Use that promo code Boomer twenty five percent off. And as always, stay soxy. All right, uh, back at it and. Uh, the Sooners will be on the practice field again tomorrow. We'll have offensive media. Uh, we talked about Jeff Levy, but we'll get to talk to Dylan Gabriel. And the policy that Brent Venables has, which is nice, if you've ever played college football anywhere, you're available to talk to the media. Uh, so unlike Mike Gundy, who doesn't let uh, transfers talk, which is a stupid... Like, who was it the one year that was like... the? I think it was... Wasn't it the quarterback? Who was it? They had a big-time player that was a transfer. They never got to talk to the media. I guess it was Barry Sanders Jr. That happened with him. Yeah, because you wouldn't want that kind of good press. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the greatest player in program history and his son. That, that, that'd be awful. And he's from Stanford. He probably couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's just like Marvin Mims got accepted to Stanford and Lincoln wouldn't let him talk. I was like... Dude, he got accepted to Stanford. Like, yeah, he's probably going to be, be the smartest guy in the interview. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, I mean, we asked the defensive players yesterday about him, and it was, Bob, it was pretty much glowing reviews from everybody. Yeah, just how quickly he's acclimated himself and, you know, made him the face of the team, the locker room, and the way he handled everything. You know, just, you're waiting for some negative pushback. And I think, you know, Brent kind of said that Monday too, is a little surprised. Everything is just gone exactly the way he wanted it to. It's like, where, where is the, you know, not the, the like divisive locker room, but like there's been zero issues that you almost like, is this too good to be true through the first couple months? And the other interesting thing about the offense is there has been in, I think key Lawrence talked about this yesterday. There's been no seven-on-seven seven voluntary workouts because no one knows the system. I mean, Dylan Gabriel knows it, but he's about the only one. So it's like the defense doesn't know how to play defense for this this staff. The offense doesn't really know how to run an offense. So there's been no – it's all just been off-season training. There's been no seven-on-seven. Seven. I'm sure Dylan Gabriel's been out there throwing balls to receivers and stuff, but uh, any kind of you know voluntary organized stuff – won't happen until after they go through a spring and everybody learns what they're supposed to be doing. Wild. And that, That's wild to think about. <laughs> in terms it is, of it's nuts. Having the expectations as high as fans will for 2022 and to know that going into spring, both sides of the ball are still figuring just the basics out. Well, and then, you know, I'd asked Ted Roof yesterday about like, you know, how flexible can you be with moving guys to position and figuring it out? And he didn't seem to think it would be any problem just moving guys around. Um, it's kind of what I took of it and, and what they'll end up doing. So there's there's going to not only are they going to be learning a system, but some guys are going to be experimenting cross training, as he talked about, uh, which that was something the old staff talked about, too. Uh, but training guys at more than one position sounds like something they're they're not going to be afraid to do this spring. 
And we'll, I, we'll see if it goes more than just like, oh, corner and safety. Does it go to something like linebacker, defensive line? Does it, some, is it something to make a real jump? And I think we still always just circle David Aguebu. What's going to happen yeah. with him? Where does he end up fitting? You know, that's, that might be a thing where they, you know, kind of like Ted said, you have to get him on the field, watch him play. Then you know exactly where they're, where they're going to fit based on their tendencies, how, you know, their characteristics, the way they move. Then you're going to know exactly, oh, wait a minute, that's not the position. He's, he's got to go here. You know what? The mo- most interesting thing to me is Bryn is such a nuts and bolts guy at heart. And everything that he's done has been big picture. Like he had a 21 minute opening statement in his, in his pre spring press conference. And then, you know, he talks. So you ask a question 10 minutes later, you're done with the answer. So there's really been no questions about like, just to flat out ask him, how good do you think David Aguebu is? And, and where do you see him playing? Like, Mm-hmm. I, I will love hearing Brent talk about individual guys once he's had a chance to see him on the field uh, because he's great at that. He's great at breaking down people's games and what they do well. And you see the ex- he gets so excited when it's a, a really good athlete talking about him. Like, I, I can't wait till we get to that part of things. No if, doubt about it. If, if, we're the same- if we ever do. Oh, you don't think we will? But uh, I don't. That's where I'm wondering, like, time management for Brent and stuff, is he going to be able to have that type of breakdown of like every single player that he used to be able to do? Well, we need to get him on the unofficial 40 pod, I guess. Open invite. He's doing the tour. So I know we didn't play at Clemson or OU, but Brent, you know, we go back ways. You and Josh are boys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Open invite. Sure. Just got to ask. I did talk to our lawyer yesterday <laughs> on the field. Uh, he's still our lawyer. He confirmed. Um, okay, good, good. So <laughs> he's he's everywhere with Brent. Woody is Woody well, is his right hand man. He's kind of his uh, Matt McMillan as he was to Bob. I won't say who was the right hand man for the last coach because it just gets people triggered. Uh, former mm-hmm. students alike and and football fans alike. Uh, what do you have in his right hand? That's the question. <laughs> oh God! I've been waiting. Good job, buddy. Um, but no. Uh, now, go ahead, Josh. I, I was going to ask with Woody. I assume because you guys watched forty minutes of practice that there was some sort of NDA that everybody had to sign. Is was there any conflict of interest with Woody working for both Brent and us? Do we have to work that out legally? What what's that going to look like? There is the, a conflict uh, of interest, issue? but it benefits us, yeah. so uh, we're not signing okay, anything. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I just assume anytime practice is that open, there has to be some sort of legally binding contract. No, but it so. was it was a who's who yesterday. Joe C showed up. Uh, uh, oh, everybody was there. Zach Selman Zach. was there yesterday. Yep. Um, and I'm sure Joe was like, "Let's see what I paid all this money for." <laughs> <laughs> Because he Let's has opened up the checkbook. When we went on that plane. And that was one thing Woody and I were talking about, just how many people are on the staff and involved and how impressive it is. And uh, it, it, I mean, we do have to give it up to Josie. I mean, and Bob, I know you talked to him uh, at the Regents meeting, and he said this was coming regardless. Uh, and it wasn't something that was spurned on by uh, Brent, you know, taking over and, and trying to. Right. And, you know, it wasn't like Thad Turnipseed came in and held a gun to his head and said, you're doing this. Um 
but for him to kind of open up the support staff, we've talked about, you know, we reported that Matt Wells was a part of the staff, now the former Texas Tech coach, former Utah State coach. Uh, you know, he's a part of the staff as an, as an analyst. Uh, is he is he working with recruiting a little bit? I guess to, uh, almost like a recruiting analyst will be part of his job responsibilities. Like evaluating talent, is that part of it? Do we know? For Matt know. Wells? Yeah. I'm not sure, and I thought it was kind of that you are still in that process. You spring it started, we learned Monday, his <laughs> Wells' first day, like, this is an ongoing thing. Like, nothing is finalized. I think that it's something along those lines. It's definitely not like any type of on I, analyst, I think, was the term that I had heard thrown around, so I... Not real sure what the uh, the exact title would be. I do know that you know there have been some public job postings about like recruiting analysts and things like that. That were yeah, out I know. There. Greg Nation, the former uh, Dorman coach, was back. That's who was walking in yesterday at the mm-hmm. uh, indoor facility. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now it makes sense. That had all the lanyards with him or whatever. Yeah, he was kind okay. of a high school. I think he's basically a high school liaison. Okay. Yep. Uh, he was. was he had yeah. all the lanyards to take to uh, Eric Gray's entire high school staff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And they didn't say Tennessee on them. I think they that missed the memo that they could have just caught him in Knoxville. Yeah. So, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, talking to the players. We'll, as I said, we'll talk to offensive guys tomorrow. Um, I'm so, I am I am super interested as far as like talking about the offensive side of the football, and you know obviously Dylan Gabriel's getting people are going to want to talk about that. They're going to want to talk about the receivers, Theo Weiss bouncing back, you know the tight end position, my running back. I'm super interested, and I know that Josh is probably headed this direction too, uh, as far as what they're going to do on the offensive line and who is going to kind of step up in that group. I mean, there's a bunch of guys, and it feels like they're all. I don't know, maybe this is unfair, but they're all kind of about the same. Uh, there are guys that are kind of... No. There are guys that it feels like now or never. Like, if you're going to do it, it's it's time. Like, you, the, I mean, and I know people, like, hear that and uh, all the excitement. I'm not saying that about a guy like Savion Bird. He's been there for a year. Like, it's not... People always want offensive linemen to move at the same rate as, like, wide receivers. It doesn't work like that. But, you know, you look at guys like Aaron Parks, Nate Anderson, like Brand there are Walker. jobs there to be taken. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would say that that has passed on Bray Walker. But, you know, like maybe maybe it all comes together for the last year. I don't know. But it just I mean, there and the problem is there's talent there, like something something just didn't add up over the last couple of years. And I don't know what it was. Like I can't. Put, I mean, I have guesses, but. Like I said, that that line has got too much talent to not be better than it has been, or at least at least more consistent than it has been. Well, we've talked a lot about you know does Schmitty change that? You know does does sure. mm-hmm. making guys more ready to play change that? With some does it give some of those guys more confidence if they're you know building themselves up in the weight room? And I don't know, know that we need just to have that discussion stronger. again, just but it's out. out there. Yeah, yeah, just being stronger, yeah. flat out. I mean, it was it was very well known when this Mm -hmm. thing started in January. They have to get stronger. I mean, it makes no sense after watching the way Creed Humphrey finished off at OU, and then he's the best, one of the best offensive linemen in the league now. And we all spent two years saying, "What's wrong with Creed Humphrey?" Yep, yep. 
that he just wasn't quite the same guy. Um, I was going to ask you guys because you you were talking earlier about you know David Aguebu and some of those moves. Jordan Mukes continues to look like a massive, much taller than six foot one human being. <laughs> um, it, I mean, does he look like he's getting into that pot? Like, okay, if it didn't work here, he could slide down and play linebacker. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, it's hard for me to see on video. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's kind of like everything else. It. It's like yesterday, everybody's prefacing everything by saying, I know it's day one, but can you tell me yeah. uh, what this defense will finish ranked in total defense next year? Like, <laughs> there's, it's we're jumping the gun, but it's just natural. It just happens. And I think we're still trying to figure out what kind of defensive system. Like, we're so used to them running five def- you know, defensive backs and pure defense, like the nickel is like a slot corner. What if that position comes more like an Isaiah Simmons or something like that? What if they change what we know of what Go back been? to like a Jack or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You prefer keeping your best players on the field at the most crucial times in a game. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So, or, or fourth quarter, married. you want Key Lawrence getting a getting a little rest on the water or on on the uh, sideline. I got you. Uh, I don't know if we need to move into executive session for this next uh, talk that we're oh. going to have, but I I promised that we would come up with uh, punishment or censorship censoring. Grimlock for actions done this weekend late on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I'm glad that you brought that up on Sunday, Carrie, because I had completely forgotten that we had been contacted at two 30 in the morning. Yes. By a drunken Grimlock. And, uh, Yes, I mean, which everybody's like, you're crazy. Need to happen. You're crazy. You gave out your number on the board. Uh, why would you do that? And I was like, it's fine. Like everybody's been cool. It's like, you know, I've I've met some nice people. There's a guy that wants to come by the office today. That's from St. Louis. That bought a hat. And like, I think people will tell you, like, if if they've texted me asking me questions or this or that, I've texted back. I haven't been a jerk. It's been good. I've I've enjoyed it. But I don't enjoy phone calls at two thirty four a.m. on a Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, complaining that you're going to leave the site because people are doxing you, uh, which, first off, Grimlock, you need to know what doxing is. Uh, I don't think you know. And I think that's just a catch-all word that people throw out there. And I think he's pretty... Maybe perhaps he was looking for docking. (laughs) (laughs) i got to look that up on Urban Dictionary now to find out what that is. you You don't want to. Know that you don't want to start from there, but it was it was a gross misuse of power uh, that I gave you, Grimlock. Uh, and when you follow up a phone call that's not answered with "I'm sorry, I'm just drunk" text, that's bad too. That's bad form. The, this is my nightmare. This is why I. I this is why you'd never give out your phone, phone number. number. Yep. Yeah, people are like, can I just give you a call? Nope, we can email all day long. I'll email and DM, and we can do that until our fingers just bleed. But, but that's the thing. No, no one calls call. anyone anymore. It's all text. Yep. Like, nobody ever yep. calls me. Like, no one. I, I sold hundreds of pre-sale hats just through text. I sold 
almost $10,000 of gear for Isaiah Thomas and, and the boys' home just through text. Sometimes I had to call people to, to verify like addresses and stuff, but very minimal calling needs to happen in this day and age. So I just, I think you're worried about giving out a phone number. It's easy to block people if they continue to call you. That's fair. And that's the thing. That's Should I block Gr Grimlock? Should I block him from my phone for this injustice? I, I think he like it's like the board. He deserves like a like a month. Like you can decide like a week, a month. Like he's blocked for X amount of time. Well, he deserves some penalty. I mean, yes, on the board too. I mean, aside do we from take, the shaming he's getting on the podcast, right? Do we take right. away? <laughs> so, like when we ban someone, we it is called sending them to Chile. Uh, if you don't know, if you're not a Crimson Cord Corner member, if you're not a, a Sooner Scoop member, shame fix on it. you. Yeah, fix that. Stop being a poor uh, and subscribe because, I mean, you wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for Sooner Scoop. Uh, and the other thing is like, so when we send someone to Chile, usually it means they just can't post. They can read. Uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't take away their access. But we can also what we call permaban which is we, we take away your ability to read the board, to post on the board, to look at the board. Like, essentially, you are put into a black hole. Is Grimlock's... Where does Grimlock fall on the punishment scale? Do we do we send him to the black hole or we send him to Chile? What would be amazing? We should let Grimlock post on the board but we immediately lock anything he posts. So there's no replies allowed, no likes, no nothing. It just falls like a rock down the board. You know, people don't know this, and we've never used it, but there is a... I don't know if I should admit this or not, but the message board that we use, there's a feature where you can put someone in screwy land where the board just keeps messing up on them. Oh, that's awful. And no, there is. There's a there's an option where it basically just makes it very frustrating for them to use the board. Like it gives them random errors uh, and tells them, you know, that their post could not be posted. They need to try again. It's a beautiful feature that we don't take advantage of, but maybe we should put that Why on. Why is Grimlock. that a feature? <laughs> it's basically if you want to get rid of someone without telling them you're gone. And you just yeah, want to kind of I just learn about this. Yeah, you just kind of want to frustrate them to the point where they just leave and and never come back. It's a passive aggressive, you know, way of dealing really with is. problem it's posters. It's perfect. I don't know what that's called, but we can do it. <laughs> I have to go into a special admin to be able to do it. That is I think the uh, I think the public shaming is is it the enough? dress down is uh more than enough i mean if it happens again though drastic action would need to be taken yes okay I, I can live Woody. with that at least yes. at least make it to the point of if you're gonna drunk dial me at 2 30 it better be something interesting yes. like you better you better be sending over some type of dead body information that i, I would either it. find funny at 2 30 in the morning or would truly affect my job to where we need to do something it it better be I, I like Jerry, i thought eddie was gonna say hooker he was, he was wanting a hooker well, no, it better that's, be that's, it kind of falls under the for, the first one it better be a prominent <laughs> the, the former it better be a prominent player being loaded into a police car on campus corner at 2 30 mm -hmm. right that's that your exactly. only like, reason for contacting me
Like, Paris Cox is out. He has an Uzi. He's coming to find you. <laughs> I need to know about that. I Paris think LJ Cox. Moore would be Paris more Cox of your concern. For oh, the yeah, Oklahoma State guy. Well, if Parrish Cox is looking for me, too, <laughs> I need to know. Parrish Cox was a bad dude, wasn't he? Uh, I don't think so. Who am I thinking of? Who's the guy from years, Tulsa? Yeah. Oh, you're thinking of uh, the wide receiver that ended up playing for the Tulsa Talons for a while. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Prentice uh, Elliott. Yeah, 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 he was yeah, a bad yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Good call, yeah, Bob. Prentice was, Prentice was a problem. Um, now, I will say, if... Grimm is sending the hooker, and it goes through L.J. Moore. These these two worlds could collide for Eddie. This could be a, is a problem created. Well, so... I better get a discount if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus question. If you have ever used L.J. Moore's services, we need to hear about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Are, Are you, you asking me, or is this just a in general <laughs> question? Because the answer is no. It's a flat no there. But I don't know. Maybe we could find somebody that... You would has. totally get robbed if you used his services after the way you've said things about him. Well, I don't even that, think you have that, to say anything about him. I think it's just a flat out, you would get robbed, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we talked a lot of football in here. So, we did you know, so it's it's we, we, we nerded out a little two bit. for you one for us that's how we look at the pods mm -hmm. so yes uh, well, official I'm... official determination grimlock you are not sent to chile uh there's no ban but this is on your permanent record and if another incident happens again we'll come up with that we may even make a merch line uh making fun of you <laughs> oh god like just just shirts that just say don't be a Grimlock. Oh no! With a cell phone on it. And see, and this is uh, amongst Crimson Corner people, we're some of the cooler heads. Like we could put this to a kangaroo court situation and let the corner come up with the punishment oh my God. for the next offense, and <laughs> it would get pretty ugly pretty fast. It'd probably involve a Josh leg tat at some point. Yes. There would be a that tattoo. would be the ultimate punishment is you have to get the exact same tattoo as Josh on your calf <laughs> and then have to put yourself in a tanning bed for an extreme amount of time so that it can be as faded as mine is. So like it, it's you're, you're going to walk around with a, like a third degree sunburn for the better part of a month. Yeah, I think that's ultimate crimson corner punishment. And you're close. No, exact leg tat of Josh's so exact leg tat. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Which means it's not quite completed in the back. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed that about my tattoo. I've never taken time to stare at it. I've never. I, I mean, you get you take I've so much shit over it. I don't want to like highlight it and make it bigger oh, no. than it is. No, I don't care. No, I don't care. I, I I I'm good with all of mine. So, oh, I think more than anything because everyone told me I wouldn't be. So I'm like, no, piss on you. I, I'm I'm gonna love it forever, even when it's saggy and gross and old. It is that right now. I mean, it's, at least it's approaching that. I mean, we're, we're, we're walking a fine line here, okay? I've hit 40. It, 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 it is dangerous now. All right. Um, any, uh, I mean, we've got some recruiting stuff to talk about. I know we might as well uh, get into that. Another major weekend ahead. Yeah. With a Johnny Gigolo moment, because now I don't know if there's ever a big commitment weekend coming. I, I, 
Bob, I mean, what was that conversation like when you went home to Brittany that night? <laughs> that's that's what I answers. want to Like, that's a great answer by Brett. <laughs> that was, I was dying inside as that's that all going awesome. down. I, I mean, I it. hope that happens every Brett Venables press conference. <laughs> it's just him putting some member of the media under fire about their personal life. Well, I, I told somebody the other day, it's like, to go to Brent's press conferences now, you better be on top of your shit. Like, He's asking know what for Murphy's def- law is like asking good, Hoove about definitions job, about Murphy's law. Like I'm over there, like looking in my Google and Murphy's law. Like what the <laughs> is this? I did know. So if you could have okay. called me, I would have been ready. I, I See, hope that, he doesn't. That's, that's why I'm shit. sitting in the back of the class. That's exactly <laughs> why I sit in the back of the class. Now, is that that's... anything that can happen will happen or is that the opposite? Anything that can be bad will go bad. Bad. Okay. Anything what what bad can go can wrong will go wrong. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I would have failed, I guess. So there you go. Uh, but no. Uh, the reason I asked, the reason I asked the question is because there are people that were t- telling me maybe Dylan Edwards, the running back slash receiver from Derby, Kansas, didn't visit OU's junior day March 5th because the expectation is once you commit, you can't make any more visits and Dylan still, he was at Arkansas. So it's clear. He still wants to take some more trips and get a feel of the process, but it sounds like, well, well now we know at OU, that's not going to be the case. So I'm sort of wondering how quickly can this class build up? And, you know, is it realistic to expect this to work in 2022 when Mac Brown was sort of being laughed at, trying to do this back in like 2012. Now his, I guess his was a little different because his was, he tried to have the class locked down at this point, And then they just couldn't take visits where Brent's like, you can take all the visits in the world, but once you commit to OU, then that's it. So I guess that's a, a little different. I mean, it's not going to prevent. Well, I mean, would it have, would it have prevented any of the ones that we've seen though? Uh, the decommitments that went to another school late, like, like that's the thing. Like, what do you do when a kid sneaks and tries to sneak in a visit without sure. telling anyone? Because like, what is the what yeah. is the recourse here? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's always my like. You are creating a, uh, a a willingness to try to deceive you, right? Like a, uh, yeah. Uh, instead of like, hey man, it's okay. That's fine. Just let us know. And maybe and and again, I'm not in that room when, when they're having that conversation. Brent may well say that, like, hey, man, if you just change your mind, you do want to take visits, let us know. You know, we'll, we'll go through the process with you. That's fine. But we're not going to consider you a commitment, and we're going to continue to recruit guys if you're going to take trips. And, I, you know, I don't or I don't know if he just is like, nope, now we're done. We're, we're out of that race. We're not messing with you anymore. Like, I don't know how that is. And that that's the part that always, like I said, I know it's upset a lot of people on the board because – you know, I've had anything to say that is not Brent Venables has. I agree with everything Brent Venables does, and Lincoln Riley is all evil all the time. Like, I, <laughs> I, I just don't that that. And it's not that Brent's wrong. I'm not saying he's wrong. That's not the way I would do it. That that's just not what I. Because to me, if a kid wants to commit, yes, commit. Like that's fine. And you can still and like you can. And I get people like, well, what if you lose him? You continue to recruit. If you're going to take visits, man, we're going to keep recruiting your position, and you may lose your spot. Like, we want to be really honest about that because I get what Brent's saying. It's not a placeholder. Like, that's fine, and that I, I agree with him. That makes all the sense in the world. 
but you don't you you can kind of walk a line rather than yes or no. It doesn't have to be binary. But you're also kind of forfeiting your ability to like say build your 2024 class, like where you get a that, quarterback and then I'm, you get yeah, a exactly. running back and then you get a receiver. And it's like that gives you momentum to to build the rest of the class. Like because you tell I mean it's like we don't know what would have happened to Jace McClellan if that, you know, policy had been in place, but he commits as a sophomore. He stays committed, eventually switches to Alabama late. Like, would that prevent that? Or would that have just prevented them from getting screwed over because they wouldn't have gone through that uh, if he knew that, you know, he couldn't take any more visits if he if he really was committed? Well, and I've heard people say, well, look at, like, Malachi and Mackay. No, those... Like, the coaching staff left. It's not the same thing. Brent left Clemson, and those policies were in place, and they lost, like, three defensive, major defensive commitments. Like, that's – it's not uh, – like, that's that's an unrelated it's not apples topic. apples to apples argument. Yeah, yeah and, and at the same time, Josh Bates probably committed because OU had so much momentum with Malachi and Brandon Ennis and Makai Lemon and that whole group. Well, yeah, you lost those guys, but you still got Josh Bates, who, you know, I know some people – think is one of the, you know, two or three best centers in the whole country. So it's not all bad. Like, I just, if I can have momentum, I want momentum. Like, and not like, oh, this guy's close. Commitments are what make momentum happen. And I'd rather that be happening than waiting on it. And, uh, again, like I said, it's not right or wrong. It's just the way I feel about it. So, you know, it's like the 2024 class, David Stone, Stacey Gage, like I think we both like we all feel OU's in a great spot with both of them, but how long of a process is it going to take if those guys want to see other schools? You know how how long will this be dragged out to where by the time they commit, it doesn't even you know doesn't have the oomph, it doesn't carry the weight, like it doesn't lead to anything else because it took so long in the process. And then like on a weekend like this, Josh, I'm fully admitting I don't expect any commitments then. I don't, uh, people are going to ask me and I'll have to, you know, use on a big visit week and I'll do kind of, you know, five guys that might commit. I'm going to struggle to pull out two or three because I just, I don't see it happening. And I, and I, people will be like, oh, that means bad. No, I, I'm not saying that either. Like this is their methodology. Like I, I get mm. it. They have a plan. This is what they want to do. And this is how they expect to do it. They are going to be low pressure there. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of like seven, eight commitment weekends. I don't think that's how it's going to work with this staff because they're not trying to do it that way. They're going to let these guys do it on their own time and to kind of build it organically rather than we're going to try to make this an event. So, like I said, I, I think there is I, people that would panic about that. I would say I wouldn't do that either. Um, but yeah, like this is this is going to be interesting to watch because it's so different than what we've seen out of the you know OU's recruiting process for the last five or six years it's going to be very unique and um I it's going to work with some guys but to my point David Stone is expected to visit Florida either I think it was this weekend or next week and I can't he tweeted it out I think it's this This coming weekend weekend. I believe it's it's this one Yeah. yeah yeah it's before yeah or yeah if this rule's not in place it's possible David Stone is visiting as an Oklahoma commitment Sure, you don't like that. I get it. But would I rather David Stone be 
Like, in all the articles, the Florida sites are going to write about him in front of all the kids in Florida and all the IMG kids. Would I rather every lead-in be say, you know, saying, David Stone loves his Florida visit, you know, but still committed to Oklahoma? Yes! Yes, I would! Like, that, that, to me, that is just free publicity, free advertising, all of those things. Like, I, I just, I'm okay with that. But I, I, like, again, I get the other side. I do. I just think, there's more to gain from allowing things to happen rather than saying you can't do that. I, I'm not big on when you're in sales, no is not is not a great option to me. Would that make us recruiting snowflakes? Maybe. Maybe, maybe we become that. Like we, we just want the kid to, re- to commit regardless of how – solid it is i i would argue the other way around like anybody thinking that a kid committed and just because he's not taking any visits it's all done and it's all set man who are you fooling like no yeah is that to make yourself feel better or yeah there's still coaches hitting up i mean now there are some like jackson arnold i get the feeling oh you ain't got a thing in the world to worry about with jackson arnold but some other guys they're still talking to school. Like, the, I mean, not many guys are. I don't want to put it like a bullseye on any 2023 guys. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, like, the guys that often seem solid are still having those conversations. They're just not putting it out there. And that's that's normal because what if, you know, the, the whole thing doesn't work at Oklahoma? Or what if, you know, this coach leaves or that guy leaves? Like, I want to have options for myself rather than I haven't talked to anybody in seven months and I don't know who to even call at the school that I would look at. I mean, Josh, you think we're getting back to a point where the majority of the class comes November, December now? As a guy that, you know, has two children and a bir- and multiple birthdays in Christmas around Christmas, yeah, I think that's exactly what we're headed to, Bob, and I'm just really excited about it. Um no, I, I, I think we're going to see more of that, now, especially especially this year. I, I think it's really valid this year because of, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, there's no track record right now. Like, we don't know. There's a lot of people that are going to want to see what OU looks like, both offensively, defensively, what it's going to be, who, who the, you know, where they are in the hierarchy of things. There's going to be question marks, and guys want to see it. And so I, I do. Like, I think between now and – Probably June first. Oh, you'll pick up. I, I, I'd say three or four commitments. I think that's pretty fair. But when you start talking about some of the elite guys they're in on, they're going to wait. I mean, David Hicks is in no hurry. Anthony Hill's in no hurry. Javian Toviano's in no hurry. Uh, there are a lot of elite guys that OU's just going to have to wait for. And that's, you know, we talked about it all the time under Riley. That's par for the course. That that's the way it usually works for the high end guys. But at the same time. When you're going to be this low key about it, you have to. I mean, it's just going to it's going to develop on its own time, and until the guys know they're ready, they're not going to rush it. I think we're all on Twitter just checking things out. I mean, sorry, I, Josh. Seeing... <laughs> no, no, we it's fine. Tuned, no. We all tuned Josh uh, out like he uh, tuned I, out I, well, basketball. And and well, and to be fair. I usually drone on for at least three minutes, so you guys thought you could check out for a second. I totally get it. I, I mean, I, I can fill air. 
if we need the, that to uh, <laughs> that to happen. Hmm. Okay. Uh, is the, is is there just a hope that you get guys to buy into the the program? Is that basically? I'm just trying to think like the ideology behind it. I get like the the marriage ana- uh, analogy, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out how you get there with today's. I don't want to sound old on this, but like the modern day. No, high school recruit. recruit. Can it work in 2022? Yeah. I don't know. And like, and, there was a, there was a thing about like with Clemson and the way that they ran things, I think from the outside looking in it, there was always this idea of, well, that's Clemson. They just do shit a little bit differently. And it worked. They were able to get away with it because in a way, Dabo's kind of a weirdo like that. Will it be able to work at a place like Oklahoma though? I mean, Clemson's largely the anomaly. They don't make a ton of offers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- but there even are... even Clemson has had to start changing yep. things the way that they go about it, right? Yep. I, I again, my biggest thing is like why create things to paint yourself in a corner? Like, well, okay, we've sure. said this. This is what we have to be. Like, give yourself room to develop and change, and you know, like, okay, we feel a little differently about this. We're going to go in this direction. Like, I, I don't really understand this desire to pin yourself into, like, it has to be this. And, I mean, that's not just Brent. That's anything. Like, I just, like, give yourself room for things to change. Be flexible. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I mean, in general, like, I mean, and, that, and that's the way, you, like, in general, yes, that's what we believe in. If... Like, for example, Colin Simmons, the number one player in 2024, is visiting this weekend from Duncanville, arguably the most talent-rich program in the state of Texas right now, and, you know, obviously a state that produces loads of talent. They are about as good as it gets. And he wants to commit this weekend? Yes. Yes. Commit. Yes. And then go home and talk about it all spring practice at Duncanville football. We're going to come down to see you as often as possible. And you know what? You're going to take some visits. We know it. You know it. It's fine. Like, treating everybody like, you know, treating Peyton Manning like he's the same as the backup for the Cardinals. Or treating him like he's Chase Daniel. They're not the same people. It's okay to admit that. Chase Daniel could buy you. He could. I'm not (laughs) Chase Daniel. Like, I know that, too. So, you show like, some respect it, to Chase Daniel. Put right? some respect on, on, on old Booger's name. So, um, it, it's like I said, it, I don't, that's the part that I don't understand. Like, yes, yeah, certain guys are going to get treated differently. Like, just accept that that's part of life. Like, cause that is, that is, it just, it like, we've talked about this forever and ever. Adrian Peterson could do things on campus and Bob Soups was going to be like, well, we'll live with that as compared to, Dominique Whaley, who good player, he's not Adrian Peterson. Like th- that's that's just part of it. Why are you afraid I think to that say Keyone Jones? Too. Uh, I mean, I I think we know that's true as well. I mean, <laughs> name your running back in the last twenty five years, he ain't Adrian Peterson. So cool, Dante. But Harrison, you know, what's it? What was this? Dante Hickson. 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 Wow, that's a Hickson. name from the past from McKinney. Oh, you actually recruiting another McKinney running Dante, back right now? Dante Hickson. Yeah, it was was it D O N T A? 
Yeah. Or was, was I feel like there was an apostrophe in there somewhere. I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. I think yeah. it was after the A. That's I I kind of have that too, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, impressive flash from the past there for me and Bob. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I it sound, I, I don't know where to go because you basically just crapped on any hopes of OU doing anything. <laughs> no, impressive I, guys, this but I mean, you, it's kind I of mean, you look at the, like, they're not going to get any, we don't think that they're going to like just knock it out of the park as far as commitments go, but just what they're building in a way of getting mm-hmm. these guys in and the, you know, kind of what we insinuated at the beginning, just the interest that some of these big time players have at Oklahoma that's not necessarily new, Josh, but it is a good thing. Like, it's a very positive thing. Uh, 100%. I mean, guys, like we talked about uh, Stacey Gage and David Stone. Well, their teammate, another Rivals 100 guy in that 2024 class at IMG, Jordan Johnson Rubel, who I actually have an interview I need to run tomorrow, uh, spoke to him at Under Armour, and he is um, he's coming in. So let you know. Let's say you know you war game it out a little bit, and David Stone and Stacey Gage are suddenly a part of the program. Well, then they're recruiting Jordan Johnson, IMG, and then you know you just kind of let that grow. Well, then again, okay, David Stone, one of the top defensive linemen in the country, T. A. Cunningham, a guy that's right there in that same caliber, another top ten player in the twenty twenty four class. He'll be in this weekend, and he is an absolute monster. And, you know, you just start going on the list. I mean, guys, the, the visit, the visit list they've put together in this short amount of time is, it's just awesome. I mean, there, there's no other way to say it. I mean, rivals 100 guy from Louisiana, rivals one, multiple rivals 100 guys from Georgia, one from Florida, um, a couple guys from Dallas. You know, I mentioned Colin Simmons, the number one player in the country in 2024 is from Duncanville is going to be there. Um, you know, you uh, Ryan Grayson, who's got a chance to be the best player in the state of Oklahoma in 2025, along with Ravy and Larry, I think the two clear favorites for that spot right now, they're both going to be there, along with Caden Knighton, the running back athlete from Winniewood. Um, it's, so it's not just about, oh, they're going to land a bunch of commitments. They are building the relationships that help those things happen down the line. Because I've talked about it forever. Year one, it's really hard to gauge. And that's what's really impressive about what OU's doing is – the feedback in you know the first three or four months is unbelievable. I mean, OU might be the leader for the two best players in the state of Texas right now, and that's that's unfair. I mean, ne- and neither one of them is a quarterback. Like, I mean, for what everybody's gotten used to for Oklahoma recruiting, the- these are a defensive lineman and a linebacker, and then you know again you throw in just all these big time names: the Heaven Brown Schuler kid from Georgia, uh, Caleb Beasley from Tennessee. I mean, it's a it's a big and really good list, and if OU is going to win some of these Southeast battles, they've got to get these guys on campus as often as possible. And with this many Southeast 2024 guys, this is how you start it. It's crazy to think where that thing is right now, and they just got done. They've had one spring practice. I mean, they've, they've mm-hmm. practiced one time with this coaching staff. It's just if they are able to put it together and they are able to play pretty damn good defense, something that people want to be a part of, kind of sky's the limit type thinking, right, as far as what they could bring in? I, it, it really could be. I mean, like I said, the way this – and, again, this is part of the, the plan Bren is making, like it, about sure. it being relationships and we're not going to push you on commitments and we're not going to – 
we want to be honest with you that we don't want you to commit until you're ready. Like I get that that's all part of one big picture he's trying to paint. And I, and I understand it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you look at what they're doing with some of these guys and the response they're getting from, I mean, coast to coast, really. I mean, it's funny. The only place you don't hear Oklahoma much right now is what we've gotten so familiar is the West Coast. Like, there, there's just nothing really happening out there right now. But through the Southeast, through Dallas, um, you know, Atlanta, there's a lot of good buzz right now. It's uh, – OU knows where they want to be. And I, the other one that doesn't get enough talk is kind of basically Kansas City to St. Louis, that whole kind of Missouri area. Oklahoma's – I'll be surprised if they don't get a player or two out of that area because that's an area that Brent knows well, and they want to recruit it hard. There's a certain level of trust, too, that has come with, you know, whether it be a Brent Venables or a Todd Bates, uh, just and mainly those two names, just as far as what I mean, guys want to sign up and play for him. It's like talking with Deshaun White yesterday, Bob. I don't know. And Carrie, I don't know what you guys thought, but I kind of feel like if it was anybody else that wasn't named Brent Venables and with the, you know, kind of the resume that he's brought in as a defensive-minded coach and as a linebacker's coach, Deshaun, somebody like a Deshaun White probably doesn't come back to Oklahoma. There 100%. That's, that's what that I took from him. he is gone if he's not playing for somebody that is known as one of the, if not the, best defensive minds in college football. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, that's exactly how I felt listening Like, I to walked him. out of there thinking, like, holy shit, like, he really like, and I remember talking. We were, I remember talking to him down at the bowl game about this. Just as far as, you know, you have to make the. I think Bob, you even might have asked him up on the podium one day. I did. Like, have you made a decision? And you or, could tell. Well, like, I, I did. Brent Venables being hired change your mindset into okay. your decision. And I, I think that like he had a, obviously he didn't want to commit either way, but like just the the idea of being able to come play and maybe even the same for a Jeffrey Johnson like. I don't know if he comes to Oklahoma, if he's not going to come play for Ted, uh, Todd Bates and uh, Brent Venables. Like there, there's, there's a lot of trust being built just based off their track record of what they've been able to produce. That's a great thing. Kind of goes back to like the discipline stuff. It's yeah. like, I think that there is a sense of wanting to believe in something bigger because you know what they've been able to do before. Like there's just not, saying, yeah, we're going to be great. We're going to turn this thing around. They have evidence out there that they can get this done, that they can turn around a defense, that they can play really good ball. Well, and I, I look, it's first day of spring practice. It's given us a chance to talk to some people, and it's given us uh, an idea of all these things that we've kind of been hearing about, you know, the change. There's just going to be differences between this staff and the last staff. There just is. Sure. There's going to be philosophical differences, some of them good uh, you know, some of them, we don't know if they're good, but it's their show now. They're going to run it as they see fit. And all we have to do is wait to see the product on the field and the product in, uh, in recruiting and see how it plays out. It's, you know, it obviously they recruited very well at Clemson and Brent's a little bit old school, but I don't think that's such a bad thing because he's, he's putting some structure back in the program that it sorely needed in certain areas where we're starting to figure out. So, Oh, I mean, there are, I would imagine, and I'm sure that, you know, players and we will probably, it'll probably come up at some point here over the next couple of months before the season starts. But 
I would imagine, like, and I tried to ask Key Lawrence about this yesterday, but the detail in everything that they do, like, down to, you know, and this might be a bad example, but, like, just putting shit back in your locker. Like, instead of just cramming stuff back in your locker, I imagine Brent Venables wants you to place everything in the locker exactly how it needs to be. It's kind of like making your bed in the morning. Like, nobody does it, but I imagine that Brent's one of those guys that probably does, you know? Like, just very meticulous about every single little thing in the program and how he outlined, you know, basically, like, where each group, each coach needs to be on the field and at what time, like, all that kind of shit is down to, like, the minute, I would imagine, as far as what they have and envisioned for practice and things like that. I don't know. It just, like, that's stuff that, just in my personal life, it's like there's no way I would ever spend that much time doing. And it just seems like Brent has had this plan, like basically kind of put out in his, in his brain, like this is how it's going to be. I don't know. That just might be how he is as a person too. Like wearing suits and pictures and stuff. I know it's not a big deal, but at the end of the day, it kind of is a big deal. All right, uh, I think uh, we're winding it, wind, winding it down. Uh, Bob, Josh, anything you you guys wanted to hit on before we get out of here? I don't know uh, if we if we need to do a post mortem on uh, the NIT loss or not. No, I was, just, was going to say, Bob. Like I know that you're going to be paying attention to this. We're going to be paying attention to this quite a bit here over the next couple weeks. Just kind of, I don't want to call it fallout, but the end of the year kind of uh, exit interviews, portal, major deal in college basketball these days, who's coming in, who's going. Uh, that's going to be super interesting. It is because there's so many guys that you could say, oh, this is the case for him leaving. This is the case for him staying. And you just weren't able to get a feel, you know, without really interacting with these guys in person until the last week to know what maybe some of them are thinking. We all talk about Mo Gibson, but then you got to start talking about the younger guys. You look at, at a CJ Nolan, a B. John Cortez, Alston Mason, you know, Rick, Rick Asanza, you know, how different do things change if you're looking for four to five portal guys compared to two to three. So it's a, a lot to be on the watch for. I mean, you hear Porter talk about, I got to get B. John back. Like I got to get his confidence back. Like, like these are guys where it feels not going to be processed, you're just wondering, do they feel like Norman is home? And is that the unexpected blow like that Mojer doesn't see coming? It's like, oh, I thought this guy was coming back. Now he's not. Now that's another roster spot I'm going to have to fill. And that's what's always, oh, not like, it's just, it's going to be intriguing to watch the next two, three weeks. If, does it, do all the guys that you expect fall off and that's it or do you get a couple that you thought might be coming back and now they aren't and that makes the next month and a half even more crucial and i guess you know at the end of the day it could just be a situation and you know i we use Bijan or cj nolan or whoever uh alston mason as examples it's like they didn't necessarily sign up to play for porter moser so i could understand if they you know Credit to them for going through it and not backing out at the last minute when they probably had a chance to do so. Uh, you want your you want your guys in there, though. You want guys that want to be in the program at the end of the day. And you wonder if the 
the run by Mo Gibson and CJ Nolan the last couple games is does that change anything? Like the way sure. CJ played the last two two games, you could have taken that from him the entire season. And you would have been very content with that. So, uh, I mean, I know it was NIT, but I'm that's what it, every added practice, every added game. How does it help in terms of trying to keep this thing together, and so that it doesn't just blow up all over again? And you're forced to get seven to eight guys for second year in a row. Let me ask you. That'd be a a step in the wrong direction. Let me ask you guys something real quick. Uh, I mean, I I, Cam Augusty was so long ago. I don't really include him in there. But you look at the season that Alondis Williams had. You look at Brady Manick's performance before he got ejected from the game for the flagrant two. What do you guys do? Do you guys? I don't know. Does it make you question a little bit of development under Lawn? The that was a big point of contention for OU basketball fans ever since Trey the Young. final four year when oh. Steve Henson and Lou Lou Hill left. People were went, where's the development and and, and uh, Crutch when those guys where is the development? It seemed like you know the assistant coaches were good and Car and Carlin Hartman did a great job recruiting. But people, it's like, where have these guys gotten better? And I, it's a fair, it's, it's it's a fair point. And now uh, we'll have to see it going forward. Now with KT Turner, Emmanuel Dildy, David Patrick too. You know, they, they can recruit. Can they develop? How different are the Groves brothers in year two compared to who they were during the last month? Yeah, and you know, I. The Alonis Williams thing. It, I'm not saying that it came out of nowhere, and it wasn't earned him winning ACC play of the year. But at the same time, he did shoot like 20 shots a game. <laughs> I mean, he was he was basically all Wake Forest had. And I say that Wake Forest has an NIT game to go to New York City tonight. So uh, or on Wednesday. And Miami was pretty much built around Cam Augusty, too. So, yeah, Cam was so far gone, though. Yeah. Like I don't consider him part of that group. I'm kind of like you are. You are, Carrie. Like he that was I feel like so many years ago that I don't really feel like he was an immediate impact guy from this team, or at least connected to the Porter Moser experience. But to and me, then Brady, it just like he yeah. just he. I think Brady wanted somewhere new. I think he needed something new. Yeah, I and think it with Brady, just it was just to more energize himself almost more of a guy that just never felt comfortable becoming the guy. It's just like that, uh, you know, that Gonzaga game. It's just like he didn't do anything in that game, and you needed him to do something, but. It was just a, I don't know, it was like someone just needed to get a hold of him and tell him it's okay to be a little selfish on the basketball court. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It'll, it'll I mean, be, it's, not, it's not like he's expected to be the number one for the heels. Right. He just There's moments where he can take over. Sure, sure. I don't know, it was, it, it, it was good to see. I was, I mean, I was pissed off too when they called him for the flagrant and that the the what's the guy's name for Baylor with the hair um like so Sochin Sochin or something it's, like it's so so Han so depends on how oh, you, the six man of the year guy yeah yeah, yeah. so on Jeremy show so so Han so I think yeah. it's so Han I think the yeah. CH isn't sure but I mean they had the, he was NBA literally have him he was literally being Dennis Rodman throughout that whole game. Yes. Like it yes, was, was it was ridiculous. Like yep. he was playing like a jerk the entire game. So yeah, I mean Brady kind of 
it's not like it didn't seem that malicious. It's just it was what it was. Is it's it, a bad it's a bad rule that when they went to review it, it's like when they replay it, you go, OK, yeah, that I mean, by the letter of the law, probably a flagrant, too. I the intention, though, isn't to injure anybody. It's like he's not doing I don't even think that he knew that he was there. I think he's just putting his arm up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that, you know, some of the college basketball stuff needs to probably be looked at, but we'll see. I'm excited. I think I think the Thursday night games in uh, San Francisco and San Antonio are going to be excellent. I've enjoyed it. So it's been, it's been, I mean, some days have been better than others, but you've always had at least one just awesome game. Yeah. TCU almost beating. Um, well, they should have. I mean, they, it was foul at Arizona. Court. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yep. He was fouled, yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it. Uh, we'll be back again next week. I have uh, more spring football to talk about. It's going to be spring football coming out of our ears, which is awesome. We love it. Uh, we'll also have some more recruiting updates from the big recruiting weekend. We'll see if any of those commitments happen. Uh, we'll see what some of these recruits think of the the new staff that's there, what kind of impact they make on them. Uh, so really looking forward to uh, the weeks to come and spring football leading up to that uh, August 23rd red and white game. And uh, I'll just I'll I'll repeat what Brent Venables continues to preach. And uh, you hear ads all over the radio. They're really pumping it hard. They want to sell this thing out. So if you can try and uh, find your way to Norman uh, for that weekend, Baker Mayfield, the statue, all that stuff should be a really great weekend. Also. Uh, got some new hats coming in to Soonerscoopstore.com. They are ready. I just have to go pay for them. Uh, and uh, we'll have those up soon. Some uh, uh, We got some trucker hats in. Uh, we got some uh, uh, for you young guys or you uh, guys that are just cooler than us. We got some, uh, we're going to test out some uh, flat bills as well. So those are coming. We've got uh, some hats coming in for guys with big heads like Josh McQuistian. Uh, he's been waiting on this batch so he can actually represent the U40 uh, brand without it looking like he's got a kid's hat on his head, I think. Uh, Josh is just totally checked out, apparently. So uh, No, I'm, I'm here. I'm just being publicly shamed with my extra large head. <laughs> uh, I you, didn't call you at 2.30, damn it. <laughs> no, that would never happen with you. I don't ever have to worry about that. I don't know. 2.30 a.m., p.m., you know, ever. I don't Call, have to worry about it. Just in general. If it yeah. does happen, I I shit myself. Uh, yeah, that, like, <laughs> something has happened. There's yes, trouble. Exactly. Uh, which is what happens when you call people at 2.34 in the morning. You think someone in your family died. All right? Mm -hmm. Don't do that. All right. That'll do it. That's your last shaming, Grimlock. It's over. We'll move on from here. We'll uh, see you guys next week on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here from Soonerscoop.com.